My name is Adam Eberhardt, and you are listening to the Emerald Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Emerald Podcast Network. I'm Sean Meadow, and with me is Alec Cowan. We're going to talk a little bit of soccer here on the Emerald Media Podcast Network. I don't know. We're boycotting names. We're boycotting names. We, we're deciding we, we want to be the podcast not known as particularly anything except of sort of what we talk about, which is soccer. Yeah, you know, with Will Campbell <laughs> leaving for Spokane, I think we won't have to deal with figuring out a name or at least pretending like we're trying to figure out a name actively, which we honestly haven't really sat down and tried to do. Yeah, at so, least for now. At least for now. So we're going to skip that. But great to have you back from Ghana, Alec. Um, how was your, ex- I don't know, experience? How long were you there? Yeah, so I was in Ghana, what, three or four weeks ago. Um, big journalism conference. Of course, Ghana, one of the countries this year, unfortunately missing out on the World Cup. Um, as long as well with the U.S. And, um, yeah, it's just great to be around a country that really appreciates Soccer. <laughs> <laughs> a lot different, especially here in the U.S. and in Oregon. You've got at least the thorns and the timbers who can carry the soccer torch in this state. But I can't imagine the rest of the country too thrilled with the U.S. missing out on the World Cup. And that's that's pretty, pretty tough. And, you know, a country like Ghana, which loves the game so much, it's like religion. That's got to be tough for them. Tough pill to swallow when you miss out on the World Cup and Chile and Italy and quite a few on that list missing out definitely but to i guess segue a little bit they were pretty tuned into the champions league and they were really yeah big were fans. you there during the semifinals then yeah those were exciting ones a lot of fans that's great to see great to hear but we'll get some champions league going i think a little bit later on we're gonna start with the premier league because that just finished this past weekend it's friday may 18th right now city were crowned champions several weeks ago if you ask me, they were crowned champions unofficially in December. Way before. But they get the trophy 100 points. Even. 100 exact. Nice they get number. those three points on the final match day, squeak out a win, and they get that 100. That's fantastic for them. You never, We've never seen that in the Premier League before. It's a small list of teams who have done it in, in the world. Juventus... I think was one of them, Barcelona, Real Madrid as well. It, it's a, quite the accomplishment. Pep Guardiola really silencing a lot of haters. And I know I've been critical of him at times in what he's capable of doing. I didn't know if he would be able to adapt to the English game. Same thing with Conte. And now we're seeing a different story with Chelsea, who miss out on the Champions League qualification spot to Liverpool, who are in the Champions League final. So now they have that weight off their shoulder off their shoulders where they don't have to go on and win that Champions League final to qualify for the Champions League the next year. Yeah, and you know, it's been it's been a little d- tough to watch just because, I mean, you have this race between two to four there being pretty heated, especially like the last maybe three or four months of the league. I mean, Man City always at this point, like you're saying, in December running away with it, but um, you, you've had Tottenham falling out of the top four playing with Chelsea. You've had... Pretty close fluctuations, several moments where Liverpool's tied with Man U for a second. And, you know, I, I was a little surprised to see Liverpool drop to fourth. Um, the loss to Chelsea um, really put a put a kind of nail in that coffin there. But, 
you know, it's been really great, I think, especially for Liverpool during the Roma series, um, was not necessarily having to worry as much as, for example, Roma did when it came to placements um, in their respective leagues. And I think now that this, the they've got that fourth spot, they've, they've got that at least chance at the Champions League next year, you know, I think that's a big weight off of their shoulders um, going into this big final. And that final against Real Madrid in nearly a week's time be a big one for the Reds. And United coming in second, a disappointing second place with crosstown rivals Manchester City coming first. Jose Mourinho, Paul Pogba, this big, big names in the world. Alexis Sanchez they brought in, but they can't get that silverware. They do have a chance at the FA Cup final, which we'll get to in a second. And that's against Chelsea. He's Antonio Conte out. The way that they played, lackluster in that final game when of the Premier League where they needed to get the win, and if Liverpool had lost, which obviously Liverpool didn't, they won 3-0, but Chelsea lost 3-0 to Newcastle, and they needed a win to at least give themselves a chance at getting back into the Champions League next year, but they completely drop off, uninspiring. Eden Hazard now saying that he needs new players to come in this summer if he's going to stick around and sign a new contract. Well, is Antonio Conte out? It's interesting considering how well Chelsea did last season, too. I mean, just to drop out of the That's just four. become a thing now. And last three seasons, the Premier League champions had missed out on the Champions League the next season. Exactly, yeah. Which I don't know what that speaks to. Is it, is it too big of, too much pressure to to repeat? Or is it is it the fact that the Premier League is just so grueling of a season, top to bottom, that it really takes that toll on a team. I mean, it's such a competitive league, especially between like the top five or six. Usually, I mean, it's it's tough to be able to con- maintain, especially you know with. Uh, I mean, I don't think any of us saw Mo Salah doing what he did this season and propelling mm-hmm. Liverpool as far as he did. Um, especially considering at the opening when you have the Coutinho departure, you have all of the, the questions surrounding Liverpool's offense and especially their defense um, with the addition of Van Dijk later, but. Um, you know, there's just been some really big kind of unforeseen shakeups, I think, this year. And part of those shakeups, Arsenal, who also miss out on Champions League. They'll be in the Europa League next year. They brought in Lacazette. They had the switch with Manchester United for Henrik Mkhitaryan. They're going to be playing in Europa League next year, but they won't have that manager who they have had for over 20 years. Arsene Wenger finally out of Arsenal. And he leaves on his own terms, we think. Maybe he was kind of pushed out. But you see that respect from all the other clubs. Manchester United giving him a trophy, essentially, at the end of the season. I don't really know what to call it other than a trophy, but it was a nice presentation. Sir Alex Ferguson, who was in hospital recently, he's okay now, but a scare for Manchester United fans and those who just love the Premier League. 13 times he won that trophy. He's out of hospital, but Arsene Wenger leaves the Gunners. It's it's going to be a different different site and that I think is just different you have Stoke Swansea West Brom all heading down it'll be interesting to see who from those teams go up I'm pretty sure you're going to see Shakiri leave Stoke he's too good to be playing in the second tier of English football and Swansea West Brom going down they had some lasting stays in the Premier League but Mark Hughes keeps Southampton alive at the end of the season, and boy, oh boy, where he ends up with Southampton next season. It'll be another fight for rele- from to avoid relegation next season, try and stay up. But we're going to move on from Premier League a little bit, and we're going to come back to Liverpool, so don't worry, Alec. 
Manchester United play Chelsea in the FA Cup this weekend. Tomorrow, actually. 9-15. Jose versus Antonio. Mourinho versus Conte. There's a big rivalry between them. Really big one. The mind games were going throughout the season this year and last year. And ahead of this game, we haven't seen as much of it. Is Antonio Conte trying to get out of Chelsea? Is he is he done with them? We didn't think he was going to stay that long. A lot of people were thinking he was just a quick fix for Chelsea. Will he work? Will that three at the back work in the Premier League? And it did, but it didn't last. And now it looks like he's trying to get out of there. This is a good chance for Chelsea. I mean, I don't necessarily want to say it's, it's a redemption you know, phase of their season right now. But, I mean, certainly missing out for ongoing pretty deep in the Champions League. Once again, missing out top four in Premier League. I mean, this is a great opportunity for Chelsea to kind of punctuate their season, um, you know, hypothetically positively. It could also be just another kind of tally on the season as to, you know, fall, things they failed to live up to. They didn't take that last game of the Premier League seriously, though. Losing 3-0 to Newcastle. Do you, do you think they come in with that seriousness and try and avoid those problems? Because for me, they have to. It's You're playing at Wembley in a cup final, chance for some silverware at the end of the season. You have to take it seriously. But the way that that mentality is right now, Eden Hazard saying that he will leave possibly if, if there's not there's good players not, coming in. Especially at the, you just don't see a competitive spirit really with Chelsea. Yeah, and you look at Manchester United and they go into that final game of the season. Very calm game, really not a pretty one. I watched... As many as I could, I watched the Chelsea game, the Liverpool game, and the United game live while flicking it back to that Spurs game because that was just a crazy 5-5, five, 4-5. Five, five, like, it was back and forth. Nine goals in that one, I think, total. I don't even remember the final score. It's all a blur that last day of the Premier League. But that game for Chelsea, could that be a hangover into the FA Cup final? And for United, they go away with a 1-0 win. And at Old Trafford, Marcus Rashford scores. Michael Carrick's final game at Old Trafford. I don't think he'll play in the FA Cup final. I haven't seen the squads listed, but I do know Martial and Lukaku are healthy. Big plus there, but a minus for Martial is now he's he's out of the France squad. He's a substitute technically, so he could go in if someone gets hurt, but that means someone has to get hurt for France. So big loss for him. He'll be looking for redemption. United at Wembley. Pretty good team recently in games for silverware when they play at Wembley in the last few years, especially under Jose Mourinho. But it'll be interesting to see how that comes out. I think United can take it. I really do. I don't think Chelsea have that inspiration. But playing against Man United, when you're Chelsea at Wembley for a cup final, you're going to come out flying. So I'm assuming it'll be a good game. I'm hoping it will be a good game because I want it to be a good game because, man... Good soccer feels hard to come by sometimes in in these late parts of the season, especially when the Premier League gets blown out of the water by Manchester City the way it did this year. So good English soccer, not easy to come by, but pretty good when you're watching Liverpool just rip teams apart the way Mo Salah has. And this Champions League final in a week's time, that'll be a big test for him. Can Real Madrid hold him off? Yes, I mean, I guess somewhat similar storylines a little bit. I think what Real Madrid finished second in La Liga um, after some kind of fluctuations. Barcelona, of course, running away with the league again. And similar to Manchester City running away with Premier League um, and Liverpool trying to kind of keep up. But I think similar similar games, similar attacking styles. You know, I think a lot of the debate between, especially as this Champions League progressed, was 
who's who's who would you take as a striker? Would you rather take Salah or would you take Ronaldo? And that's been a they're so different, exactly. And it's it, you know it's people have been comparing them as as we progress this Champions League, and I think it's going to be really exciting to see if this is kind of a, a, an offensive powerhouse. Uh, you know, if, if it's going to be. Uh, and a lot of times in these games where you expect it to be two offensive teams just going at a high-scoring game, that doesn't happen because, you know, for whatever reason. So I'm just I'm just very interested in seeing what's going to happen. Um, both teams missing out on league titles um, and both finding themselves in this pretty pretty amazing final in Kiev. Oh, yeah. That's so, so exciting for this final. I think Spain versus England in a final type of feeling it's just so fun to watch Barcelona Man United several years back in 08 09 and 2009 2010 and those those were just those were fun fun finals and that's what this is feeling like again and I just always look forward to that and a weird one though is that this would be the ninth in 10 finals European Cup finals that Spain could win yep the only one is the Europa League last season Man United winning the only non-Spanish team in the last 10. So this one is a big one for for that pride of England, I guess you could say. But it's going to be tough to see how Real Madrid stop Mo Salah. I think, I think they will have the players that can do it. But he's just going to... Can he run circles around Sergio Ramos? Absolutely. But will he? Yeah, I think it's also... I mean, Firmino's had a pretty stellar season too, um, backing up Salah. And I think one of the kind of big keys here is to see how Mane plays because he's been pretty streaky throughout the season. He's not someone who necessarily scores a ton of goals, but he's someone who certainly sets up, um, you know, the, the f- phenomenal finesse of uh, Salah and Firmino. So um, it's also a bummer. Ox missing out um, for injury. Also him missing out for England due to that reason um, in the Roma game. I don't know. So Salah's, you know, 43 goals, all competitions. I think it's 43 now. Um, 32 in the 38 Premier League games. Yeah, a record. He, he he's, what a year. He cleans up in the award categories. Um, they can't rely on him to to get them kickstarted. He's certainly been the storyline of the season, I think, especially after the departure of Coutinho, mm-hmm. as I said. But I, I think they really can't rely on him to to. It seems like in a majority of games, he's kind of he kickstarts them. He's kind of their first goal, and then everyone else kind of follows. And I think that, especially against Real Madrid, I mean, they're going to be expecting that you can't you can't lean on Salah too much. No, you can't. And you look at this Real Madrid team playing some out-of-this-world soccer in Champions League, really just ripping some teams apart, playing really good soccer. Benzema getting some goals in that semifinal. They've had great momentum at towards the end of their season. They really, I think there were some questions um, towards the midseason, especially surrounding Ronaldo and his future at the club. And they've really... I feel like that's every summer, though. Is Cristiano Ronaldo's <laughs> going elsewhere? Like, is he not happy at Real Madrid? Of it's course the, he's happy at Real question. Madrid. It's the LeBron question. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I haven't drawn that parallel before. That's a good one. Um, but, I mean, they just had some tremendous momentum coming up into this. Yeah. Which you is know, scary. That's, <laughs> that's scary. Man, that's, that's pretty scary. You have red-hot Mo Salah and you have red-hot Real Madrid. Now, the thing with Mo Salah is, like you were uh, alluding to, is he draws those players to him, and next thing you know... Firmino or Sadio Mane or gosh someone else even gets open and they can score he just has to find them and he does way too often <laughs> it's scary so that that could be something to look for is he might not even score in that Champions League final if Liverpool win and Liverpool winning that 
they would they have to have Mo Salah play a good game. Definitely. You can't have him escape. You can't have him do what Mesut Ozil does with Arsenal Definitely. on a, on an often basis. And you look at that Europa League final that just happened, and Atletico Madrid, that was just not fun to watch at, at one point. You you see Atletico just rip apart Marseille, and I think I've said ripped apart a lot today, but that's how this, this world of soccer has become is teams just run through these teams, and Marseille just didn't look like they were in a final the way Atletico ran through them, and I'm hoping that's not the case in this Champions League final next week because it's so much on the line for both teams, and Real Madrid can breathe a little bit. Barcelona don't go undefeated in the season. Shocking defeat last weekend. and Same for Man City as well. Man City don't go undefeated, but that was several weeks ago. But they still won 32 games out of 38, which is just mind-boggling. Yeah. 100 points, like we said earlier. but Especially considering the talent that we've had this year in Premier League. Yeah, the Premier League has been my favorite league to watch since I was a kid. I'm biased, obviously, for that. But Real Madrid playing great soccer in Europe, Liverpool playing great soccer in general, and Mo Salah should win the Ballon d'Or. If he can take Egypt some some distance in the World Cup, I think there's a really good argument for him to get that trophy this year. I think there's a really good argument because if they win the Champions League and Mo Salah has an effect on that game, and if they with Egypt he does something in the World Cup, more than getting through the group. I think that Egypt should get through the group. If they, if he can do that and kind of carry the Egyptian national team after winning a Champions League with Liverpool and having the performance that he did this season in the Premiership, you've got to give him the Ballon d'Or. So. And that's a great segue um, just to cover the last thing we want to talk about, um, especially French and English squads in the World Cup. Who's missing out um, from Liverpool? Ox from that injury. You have Alexander-Arnold coming up instead. Yeah, you know, oh man, Chris Smalling misses out. Phil Jones gets in. That surprises me because that's a Manchester United center back missing out and a Manchester United center back getting in. And Ashley Young gets in. I think that's a great decision. He's the only defender in the Premier League this season who shut down Mo Salah. That's it. Mo Salah escaped from his pocket a week later and (laughs) scored a hat trick, I think. But, you know... That's the only defender who was able to shut him down. So I think you, I wouldn't be surprised if you see Ashley Young get some minutes in this World Cup in Russia. But you also see some other exclusions from England, and that's Joe Hart, the goalkeeper, Jack Butlin, Jordan Pickford, and Nick Pope getting in over Joe Hart. I, I think that's the correct decision. Joe Hart had pretty rough season at West Ham this year, and then you have Jack Wilshire missing out, and a lot of people questioning that. I don't think that's the wrong decision when you have Dele Ali, Fabian Delph, who gets in. Delph gets in. I don't know. That I don't know who else you would choose to replace him, but I think that's a that's fine with me. Eric Dyer, Jordan Henderson, Jesse Lingard, Ruben Loftus Cheek gets in, as well as Raheem Sterling. So no Ross Barkley who transferred to Chelsea from Everton, no Danny Drinkwater who transferred to Chelsea from from uh Leicester City, but Ruben Loftus Cheek, who was out on loan from Chelsea, gets in. That's fascinating to me. But Harry Kane, Marcus Rashford, Jamie Vardy, and Danny Welbeck up top. Danny Welbeck having an, a hot and cold season. I don't even know if I can really say it was hot at any point. He had the sporadic goal here and there as he did throughout his Manchester United career and he's had for his Arsenal career, but he gets into the Russia squad, the 23-man World Cup squad. And Harry Kane will be interesting to see considering I mean, a stellar season that he had, second in scoring, mm-hmm. um, you know, Tottenham in that third spot now um, in the Premier League. And you know what? With Harry Kane 
getting in. I think it's exciting. I really want to see him in a World Cup, and this is going to be great. Definitely. Really happy to see Jesse Lingard get in and Marcus Rashford, young players for Manchester United who have been so fun to watch. I think anyone will agree to that. Deli Ali, how he will perform on the big stage. Big question mark there, I think. But Jamie Vardy getting in the World Cup, what a story that is. That is fantastic. The guy that led Leicester City to the first title for them in that incredible season two years ago. But, yeah, Harry Kane, from a guy who people said was a one-season wonder, has been a four-season wonder for Tottenham. Great story there. And the France squad, a couple missing names in there, and one of them is Anthony Martial, who I thought didn't have a terrible season for Man United, but misses out on this World Cup. He's the name that I would talk about more than Lacazette. Payet doesn't get in either. He was in the Europa League final with Marseille, but they have a really strong squad. I think they could win the World Cup with the team they have. It's going to be tons of fun to watch as they go into this World Cup. And we'll get a World Cup preview up closer to the World Cup, which starts just under a month from now, folks. Just under a month. It's exciting. One-month-long tournament, and I'm just going to try and watch every single minute of it, which is going to take a toll on my body, but I don't care. It's going to be fun. So thanks for listening to our soccer podcast here on the Emerald Media Podcast Network. Subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. We're Emerald Media on those podcast platforms, right, Alec? Emerald Media. Emerald Media. Follow us on there. Subscribe. Go to the Daily Emerald's website, dailyemerald.com. Read some stories. Listen to the podcasts as well on the right side of the screen on the the drag down bar, I guess, is what you could call it. Maybe yeah. it's embedded on the side of the side of the website. Yeah. Comment, review, let us know what you think. Who, yeah, who's going to win the Champions League final? Who's going to win World Cup final? Maybe that's that's a bit of a stretch, huh? Oh boy, oh boy, that's a whole different, whole different, whole different can of worms. We'll get into that though down the road, probably a couple weeks from now, ahead of the World Cup in Russia. So for Alec Cowan, I'm Sean Meadow. Subscribe on iTunes. Do whatever you have to do to listen to more of this. DailyEmerald.com. Thanks for listening.